Welcome to the Deskbound Therapy Podcast, hosted by David London. David is a posture and mobility expert, yoga teacher, and certified online trainer. This podcast is about empowering deskbound professionals, how to live their healthiest life, and move pain-free. Now, let's dive into this episode. What up, guys? Welcome back to episode 33 of the Deskbound Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, David London, and today I'm co-hosted with Justin Chan, a.k.a. JCCY Fitness. He's a chiropractic graduate. He has a bachelor's degree in kinesiology, and he is a bodybuilder. Here today to help me talk with Laura Desjardins about foot health, the importance of strong feet, building balance in the body, injury prevention, a lot of cool stuff. So, Justin, tell them a little bit about who you are, then we'll pass it over to Laura. Okay, so I'm Justin. I'm Justin Chan. I just graduated this year from the Chiropathy Program uh, in downtown Toronto in the, uh, from the Missioner Institute. So I just graduated uh, back in June and currently I'm studying for my licensing. So I'm basically what a chiropodist is, is a foot specialist. So here with me, Laura, too, is also a chiropodist. So Laura, tell us something about yourself as well. Yeah, so I graduated back in 2014, and I've been practicing chiropathy um, in Toronto. Downtown is where my practice is, and I've also been out in the prairies as well. Um, I am an elite runner, so I've had the pleasure to represent Team Canada, and I'm very passionate about running, and uh, that's why I got into the field of foot health. And um, I've also had the pleasure of working with some Olympians and pro athletes as well. Yeah, that's quite a cool background. Not a lot of people can say they've worked with Olympians. I guess it's been different working with that high level of a person versus explaining the importance of foot health to just the average show. Yeah, well, um, I mean, in, in all honesty, everyone, uh, it's, it's awesome to work with them because they're just a little bit easier to, to work with. They get the exercises. and But everyone, I kind of treat everyone you know, the importance of foot health, whether you are an Olympian or you're just someone who stands all day and aching feet. Um, I think it's important for anyone suffering with pain that we can help get to the root cause of the issue. So, yeah. So how did you first become inspired with that? Were you a runner, like growing up your whole life and you had like, say like an injury or were you always just wanted to get into the health industry and specifically with feet? Yeah. So that's, that's a great question. Um, so actually I, my passion for, um, health just came from my own, actually a back injury. I was diagnosed with scoliosis and for the longest time they could never figure out going up in a small town. They can't really figure out things as easy as they can maybe now in the city. So I saw a whole bunch of different practitioners and they were going to, uh, and I saw a physiatrist who's like, you'll never run again ever. Um, you just have to kind of cross it off the list. And it was just became, you know, I was like, okay, I have to get back to being able to do that because before I was going to get a scholarship and I, and I was just so heartbroken that doing something repetitive motion over time causes back injury. And then, um, so I went to Western and I ran collegiately there, took a couple of tries before I could get my fitness back because I was quite out of shape after being injured. So I swore to myself, I, you know what, I, that's where my fascination of figuring out problems, helping people, restoring function, um, and getting people as well as myself and others back to what they love doing just became a really big passion of mine. So um, then once I started running, I noticed I was getting a lot of foot injuries and I said, you know what, this could be an avenue to go into and, and here I am. So it's been great. Yeah. How about you, Justin? How did you get into the, the whole industry? 
So my background was kinesiology, right? So I was really interested in rehab sciences, uh, you know, running, working out. My passion was in working out. I worked out uh, ever since I graduated from high school, and I still do now uh, routinely, regularly. And um, footwear, I, I really I love footwear, especially. And especially back then, um, when I had running shoes and I used it for everything. And then sometimes when I went to body lifting, uh, building my physiques, I realized that some exercises, uh, the footwear matters a lot and it kind of leads to problem. I had, you know, I played basketball in my running shoes and I got a couple of ankle sprains and I realized that, hey, your feet's really important, jumping up, running uh, and out, out and about every day. So um, I was just really interested in what the foot can do. And it's, it's like the base of the kinetic change, right? So learning about kinesiology uh, set me up for uh, my interest specifically uh, surrounding the foot area. So I got into this field and I'm blessed to say that it really uh, inspired me to do better and to help people with their feet. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are both super passionate about feet health. So let's kind of, I know I was reading on your page, Laura, you're talking about a lot just now how, you know, the feet of the foundation and you have a few posts I was reading, like the top down and bottom approach and talking a lot about like the feet being you know, that first thing in the kinetic chain, when a lot of people just, when they get into fitness, they just look at, you know, training the muscles. So what are some reasons why it's so important? Yeah. So, um, like you said, our feet are our foundation and there is those, there are those two approaches where, uh, top down and bottom up. And, um, I think it's important to address both is kind of my, um, theory, but I also, a lot of people just don't think that your feet are important and they forget. They don't even know when you tell them, okay, let's work these muscles. They look at it and they're like, I can't even move. It's like, it's not there. So that's from being in footwear long-term. If you imagine yourself wearing mitts, um, how weak your hands would be. So um, if you're standing, if you're standing on weakness all the time, that just makes you a little bit more susceptible. It's been proven people with poor proprioception are more susceptible to falls, which is important for stress fractures or just not having you know if you're easier to roll your ankles or you're just you're not aware of your balance and you can trip um, leading even to concussions and things like that in our sports so um having your foot strength is just one more um avenue to to prevent injury and uh keep your feet healthy and avoid joint pain ankle pain other common injuries as well so what are some of the most common injuries, say, that you see in the feet and with, with runners specifically? Yeah, well, a really common one is plantar fasciitis, and that's just across the board, I think, even in our field, um, non-athletes as well. Um, it's a very common one. It's it's a tricky one because it, it it's once it starts, it's kind of, it lingers because you're always on your feet and it needs rest, but it's hard to rest your feet when you're always, when you're always on your feet. So um, that's very common. Um, there's also Achilles tendonitis is, is, is common as well. Um, and people just with bunion pain and, and uh, joint pain, metatarsalgia, those kind of things are also uh, quite common. So are there any things people can do to be proactive and prevent these things? Like such as, you know, like a lot, find a lot of times, just like you said, people like, like, how do I use these muscles? Or like, what are the other are muscles in my feet? Like people are so unaware from what I'm getting here that are there some things people can, you know, to prevent these and be proactive? For sure. Um, the first thing is, is I'm a big fan of mobility, joint mobility, stretching. It goes a long way, especially with that condition we're talking about with plantar fasciitis. Um, the thing about the foot is, 
is it isn't just the foot. We have to think of it as part of the whole system here, part of the kinetic chain. And so a lot of times with that injury, the calf muscles get, they're either weak, they're weak. So that also ties into what kind of footwear we're using. Usually the soleus gets, uh, doesn't work as properly. So when it's um, not working properly, it gets tight and in compensation, that tightness can cause a ripple effect to cause that planter to get um, tight and injured. So what we can do is we can just work on like stretching your calves out. It feels amazing. You walk all day long as well. So stretching, foam rolling, even getting regular, if you can get a massage on your calf, um, things like that can help. Um, and then for footwear, making sure, um, you know, if you are susceptible to feeling pain, wear shoes that are appropriate for you and um, use your feet. So when you see something on the floor, like try and use your toes to, to pick them up. And there's um, different ways, to be honest, it's more about just like spreading your toes out, bringing them in, pressing them down, and then drawing your balls towards your heels. So those type of things um, all can help. Just moving your feet in general um, are going to help wake up those muscles. Yeah, I agree with that because it's really important because a lot of people neglect a lot of the muscle groups. They, they even ask me, oh, there's muscles in your feet. I thought they were just bones and, you know, some ligaments hanging out there. That's why I always sprain my ankle. But there are actually two sets of muscles. There's intrinsic muscles more in the, inside the feet alone. The small muscles that help you stabilize your foot, the arches and everything. But there's also the muscles that you use a lot, such as the calves, uh, the anterior which is the front part of your leg as well there's muscles there to help you start and stop in, in those motions right it crosses the ankle joint and it goes down to your foot so those muscles are often people oversee them and and how they work relative to the foot so that's why stretching and uh, exercising even those muscle groups uh will really help in injury prevention as well yeah another cool thing is like a lot of the times like for people we're, we're sitting all day and our feet just kind of dangle there and people just forget to keep them moving. And I find that's a lot of time why those calf muscles get tight is just, you know, you're sitting and maybe a plantar flexed all day or dorsiflexed all day, a lot of times plantar flex, but they just get so tight. And then when you get up from your desk to move around, I know this was for me when I was working a desk job is like, I would be uncomfortable, like walking during my lunch breaks because my hamstrings were so tight and my feet didn't really move well. And it just felt like I was like, you know, working harder just to move my own body weight. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's something we forget. And but it's so important because it bears our weight all day long. And uh, giving them a little bit of attention is, is great for your injury prevention and health. So what are some other things people can do? I know you talk a lot about on your page, like adding strength training in because you mentioned, you know, when people are running that you're always encountering your body weight. So strength training can really help you build up your capacity to prevent stress. Yeah, so um, just working the major muscle groups. So um, everything has to function and fire properly when you're when you're running. And there's a certain like a certain way your foot lands actually helps to reduce injuries as well. So I'm um, just doing I like band work to activate even across the board for strength training and and just just activating to wake up those muscles so that they're working. So I go through a hip routine. I go through a little mobility glute activation, like working the abduction and, and extension, and then some calf and footwork, and specifically ankle work to get the ankles. I just go through a whole inversion, eversion, dorsiflexion. So that's good to do as a routine before your regular workout. And then on certain days, you want to be strength training two to three times a week where you actually, I like to lift. I don't lift very heavy, but um, it is good to lift to just do like step ups and lunges, reverse lunges, and uh, 
um, like single legged, a lot of single legged stuff, incorporating that balance and also trying to engage those foot muscles as well. Where you're doing it is also important because um, when we're running, it's single legged and everything has to be working as a unit to, like you said, withstand that impact of running multiple times. So um, the efficient runner runs at 180 strides per minute. And so that's when your foot lands midfoot and it's supposed to be right under you, um, not over stretching so that you're not here striking. Um, and then also when you're landing midfoot, you're, you know, you're dorsiflexing. So you're, you can, you're lifting your ankle up so you can land properly. Whereas if you said, if you're tight, then you're going to be plantar flexing. You're kind of landing, crashing down and adding more eccentric load. So that's why that strength of that ankle is important um, and that mobility. So um, when you're, when you're running properly, you'll feel that glute fire. You'll feel um, everything working uh, properly to reduce injury. So all of it, it can be basic, but just working the major muscle groups help a lot. Yeah, I think one thing too is a lot of people jump into like physical activity that's high impact, such as running, like right away when they, they're like, this is the way I'm going to get fit. But they forget this is actually a lot of prerequisites in terms of like, like strength and mobility. And I find like, as for me, like when I started running in high school, like I got injured right away in my knee. And it wasn't until that injury that I realized that my ankle had no dorsiflexion. And it was like my knee was taking a big amount of that stress. So something now that I'm really passionate about that I do with my clients is when I'm doing their, 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 you know, their movement screen and their mobility assessment. A lot of times I see when they're going through, you know, that full range of motion in their ankle is their hip rotating. So I have them, you know, sit on the ground with their legs straight and do an ankle circle. And if I see their hips rotating, like hmm, maybe I need a bit more control there. Yeah. But it's really interesting how something so simple requires so much from us. Yeah, it's in, especially now, I think once we, like you said, when we are sitting in our desk and when we do have now these imbalances that are already there, then you go try and do an, a high impact exercise. It's just, you may hurt yourself. So it's good to, to strengthen beforehand. It's cool. I know in the past, like everyone was always, but I know footwear is a big thing that we're going to get into, but I know like there was always trends. Like when I first started working out, it was those Vibram toe shoes and then before that, it was the Nike free runs. And then now you're getting people like Vivo Barefoot coming in and you're the people who are like Barefoot's the best. And then you have like New Balance and they're like, okay, the Minimus is the best. I've tried everything. I'm sure you guys have too. I know you have a ton of shoes, Laura. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's individual variation, but I find like, I don't know, the first day I got my Vivos, like I wore them on concrete and I had the worst foot pain of my life. It was kind of funny. I was like on vacation in Europe and I was like, oh, I can't walk back to my hostel. <laughs> Yeah, no, because it, it takes actually, so I did a course, I was like, I'm not one way or the other, I'm the middle way, and I think it's cool, there's there's great things you can learn, and, and wearing minimal shoes every once in a while, especially when you're strength training or walking around, isn't a bad thing, um, there's a time and place for them, and I think uh, it's how people transition into them is the biggest thing, so if you go from wearing a shoe all the time, it actually... In the course I went to, I went to um, the Spalding Running Academy at Harvard. There's this big minimal running technique that they put on. And it can take anywhere up to a year to actually properly transition down into that shoe. Because if you jump too much too soon, um, you're you're so used to maybe having a certain level of height behind that calcaneus. And that, that impacts how the, um, your Achilles is. And it impacts all that muscular, uh, the structures back there. So if you then all of a sudden go down to a zero drop, and you don't have the strength, you haven't built up the um, ability to withstand that, you're, you could get injured and have stress fractures and all these other injuries. So 
um, yeah, that's it's a definitely um, an important thing to to ease into. Yeah. Yeah, I know Justin and I have talked a lot about how sometimes like barefoot can be exactly like you said can put more stress on the foot. So I'm kind of similar with you in the middle ground that I feel like because we're wearing the shoes so much and we're always on our feet, like if you're always wearing that cushion, I feel you're missing a bit of that room to gain strength and mobility because you're not used to, you know, working some of those muscles in the feet. I know Justin and I worked in the past a lot about, we've talked about like getting that toe off extension, how sometimes if you have so much cushion, it can kind of impact the amount of, of toe off you have in your gait. And then, you know, sometimes it's, it's true. Like it is nice to, to be close to the grounds at times. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially I find you guys are going to get more into the weight training uh, type of footwear, but yeah, I think when you, um, when you're strength training, you want to be, that's when you can practice your proprioception and practice your, your strengthening. Cause you're, that's when your time is dedicated to strength training. So why not also strengthen your feet? Um, but, um, for running, it's, it's kind of more like you're, you're impacting that foot and there's no records being broken in minimal shoes. There's things to take away about it if you're going to have strong feet, but all the records now, as you said, are going into like, they're being broken with high cushioning and uh, stiffer forefoots. And uh, those can come with their own uh, culprits as well with the, uh, how our body adapts with those mechanics. But um, yeah, there's, I just like the, like you said, the middle way mostly. And I think it's good. You can try different, different shoes, um, different drops and things like that. But um, that's, that's kind of where some people just, they may like their zero and they never want to get out of it, but their shoes now, there's tons of shoes out there that are kind of like a segue between um, like barefoot. So they're wider and then they have a zero drop, but there's a sole on them. So that would probably be better than those like actual barefoot shoes for people who are actually running. If you work at a desk job and want to move pain-free, look and feel your best, let's get the conversation started to see if you could be a good fit for David's coaching program. Connect with us through all the social platforms and see the show notes below. Right on. So let's step it back just a little bit for the people who don't know exactly. Like, what are the other different types? Because a lot of times people just buy like a cool looking shoe. And they're like, I like for me, like I like blue. I always buy blue shoes, but we tend to to forget the type and the function and how it can affect our ability to move. Yeah. So um, there's shoes that are out there for, well, you have your walking shoes, you have your casual shoes you have, and then you have your running shoes. So there's shoes that are higher cushioning. Um, neutral shoes are typically for those who are more have a like a normal foot type we would call it people who either have a higher arch or a normal arch and then you have more of a, a, a mo- like a stability shoe for people who tend to pronate or that means when their foot or when they usually have a flatter foot or they collapse inwards and that provides a little extra support and and that's all changing as well now that now they're kind of switching to more of a neutral support so that they basically the the sides of the arches are supported as well. So there's support shoes and then there's also just cushioning shoes. And uh, it's best to kind of have someone's input when you are shopping for shoes so that you can, because there's some people that, like you said, they'll get whatever's on sale looks good and they're like have a high rigid foot and then they go buy like a pronation shoe and they're like, why am I hurting? It's because you're, you're not supposed to be in that. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, I actually have this client. He started running like it wasn't something I programmed for him, but he started running like right before we started working together. And he's got the most massive shin splints. And I asked him to, he's running in like skateboard shoes, like 10 kilometers. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So talking about shoes uh, right now, especially with the uh, culture and the sneaker culture is growing. There's a lot of different shoes in the market out there. 
Uh, some are even based on hype, and a lot of people just want those shoes, right? Sometimes people heard probably heard about different technologies with the uh, different shoes used, such as Boost with Adidas, uh, React Foams with Nike, and th there's different all sorts of uh, foam that is out there. But sometimes uh, what you don't realize is um, with your foot types, uh, it comes with there's certain uh, features of a shoe that is to look for. Uh, that will really help and that tailors towards your feet uh, to prevent more injuries such as just for example more myself I have a more flat uh, arch so I would need some more support but however I really love the boost feeling if you guys know what I'm talking about with those uh, really foamy cushiony uh, uh, um, support because the insole right there and the midsole with those support it feels absolutely amazing uh, however because the structure itself gives a lot of uh, room for for my move for my uh, foot to move around. So it's not the best when I walk around, especially with a flat feet, because I tend to overpronate a lot, and it leads to some jamming inside my toes with the mechanics, and that can lead to a lot of problems down the road, such as bunions, uh, uh, jamming of the first toe, which I almost developed without knowing it. So that's why uh, sometimes going into those footwear, sometimes asking for advices uh, with. Uh, you know, a foot specialist, your doctor would be really nice too. And also talk about shin splint, like what David said, right? Uh, sometimes the shoe does play a role, but also uh, some people don't realize is they go too fast too soon on uh, some training, especially uh, right now as we're filming this, we're in the quarantine <laughs> with, uh, you know, coronavirus cases. Uh, this crisis really leads to people to start working out indoor and you know running running a lot more sometimes especially for myself as well since a lot of gyms are closed so what people uh, sometimes don't understand is uh, they all of a sudden went from no running into running 10 kilometers 20 kilometers at once uphill downhill and your feet and your you know your body's not ready for that so the progression itself uh, does take time uh, you do got to ease into it and slowly progress through. And that would really limit the injuries that can happen with it as well. Yeah, it's I find people have trouble starting slow, especially like when you first like get into anything new. It's I think it's a good lesson you bring up there is to just like take the time and ease into it. Because a lot of times like like I just started running too like two months ago and I noticed like right when I get to 3K, my, my Achilles tendon is like, okay, maybe you should stop. Like I feel my calves a little achy. So I've been kind of at that three, three and a half, four K for a few weeks now. It's taking me some time to really push that threshold. But a lot of times people just max out and they'll feel super sore. This is even for beginners who just start like, you know, weightlifting at the gym and you get, you just get so discouraged afterwards and you kind of stop. But I know as healthcare professionals, we're really all about, you know, helping, encouraging people to live that healthy lifestyle for the long term. Yeah. And, and, I think you're being smart. Like that's the thing to do. If you're feeling something hurting, that's a sign that, you know, be on the cautious side, see a health practitioner, get it looked at, get some treatment. And sometimes like it's just something's tight and just getting some active release done or some soft tissue work goes always away. So, uh, and then you can get back to training faster. So just keeping that in mind is a great thing for people, I think. So, Laura, what are some of the injuries you've had to overcome in your career running? And what are some of the, like, the, the key takeaways you have for, to share with us? Yeah, so um, I luckily haven't had any stress fractures, which is quite common in runners. Um, but I've had almost, with my foot type, because we do, we do race, sometimes train and race in, like, basically minimals. Like, that's what a spike is. It has nothing except 
little spikes on the forefoot. So I've had plantar. I've had a, a short bout of um, Achilles. I've had, oh, I've had a capsulitis. I've had tons of like lots of tip post issues, but it's just my foot type is prone to that. And that's why I'm now really proactive with my injury prevention. I do that consistently before workouts specifically to make sure things are firing, this things are turned on and uh, the, the strength training and also being more mindful of my foot. Justin, are you there? Stress is added in an abnormal way. Um, so yeah, my biggest thing too, as I've learned is, is like not to be bullheaded and stubborn and push through things like actually stay on the cautious side because then you just, it's so much harder. You work so hard to get somewhere and get your fitness. And then it's hard to maintain that. Like you can cross train a lot. That's, that's one peaceful thing to keep in mind is that if you do get hurt, you can cross train. But right now it sucks if you do get hurt because you're limited to like maybe biking and swimming or, um, cause we don't have the gym, right. We don't have a lot of the, uh, abilities to cross train if we do get hurt. But, um, yeah, the biggest thing is just take it easy, scale it back, cross train, get it looked at. And then that pain should be below a three. So if it goes over a three, then you know, you're kind of going into that red zone, um, three to five, anything above a five for sure is <laughs> that's your, your range. So, um, if you do keep pushing one day, it will just, you never know. It could just get really hurt and then you're out for a long time. So that's taken time to learn though. When I was younger, I could run through everything, you know, and then you'd bounce back, but <laughs> not anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting there's a lot of like mindset too like that's not just in in the in the foot health specifically but even like rehab and everyday life is just like just taking like micro steps like a lot of times like you just go too big but if you just take your micro step and even just do you know the warm-up you do for running every day or like that's something i used to do when i used to skip a lot of workouts i would go to the gym every day even on my rest days and just go through my warm-up routine that way it was more of like a a habit of getting there because i find a lot of people that for taking that first step can be you know the most difficult so just like even if it's just like i know we're going to talk about it a bit like how to improve your you know your run recovery but that's just a big thing is just taking that Maybe just do some ankle mobility before you sit at your desk. And I'm sure there's some other tips you guys can share on some little steps people can take to work towards, you know, their longer term goals as opposed to just like going all, all out at once. No, for sure. And uh, one other thing I want to touch on was that, like you said, changing, being mindful of certain aches and pains you have, like say if you had an Achilles issue, I won't go into a lower drop shoe. Like I will wear something that's a bit higher. Will that be long term? Maybe not, but that's just for now. So you're able to actually cater your aches and pains to your footwear as well. Um, and that's something just to be a little bit more uh, cautious with my footwear when I'm feeling pain can, can help a lot too. Right on. So and a little bit of the terminology. So a stiffer versus looser forefoot, how that affects, you know, someone's gait when they're walking versus again, uh, like the, the heel drop and stuff like that. Yeah, so um, actually right now, there's a lot of trends with records being broken in those stiffer forefoot shoes. I don't know if those are the ones specifically that you're uh, talking about, but um, a stiffer forefoot is supposed to help you toe off faster. So when it's stiffer, it makes you a bit more efficient in the aspect that you don't lose um, momentum with the big toe extension. Um, so you're able to just kind of propel forward. Um, so a lot of the the world record in the marathon was just broken in that shoe. 
And um, so now a lot of people are actually just training in them. Um, so I was in them for a bit and then I started to run into issues. Um, and a lot of people have noticed they've been getting plantar fasciitis issues in those shoes. They're typically around um, like a 10 mil drop. And what a drop is, is the difference between, we, we call that a drop when the, the height of the rear foot compared to the forefoot. So usually there's about, they, they will say four mil, six mil, eight mil, 10 mil. So that's the difference of how high the heel is elevated from the forefoot. And uh, that can impact, you know, the calf and the Achilles and how that foot functions as well. Um, but yeah, I've, the stiffer forefoots, tend to make you a bit more efficient, but I think training in them long-term, um, they are a newer shoe, but, but I've noticed you actually, your calf doesn't work as hard. So you're get your lower calf, your soleus. So if you're not really powering through and you're in that shoe long-term, you can kind of weaken and then get a little bit more exposed to, to injuries. And as well as if your forefoot's not moving, what's that going to do to your mobility? If you're not powering off, if you're in something that's helping you all the time, when you go out of it, um, it's kind of like, oh, what is that? What's happening? And you could get injured. Yeah, and I know last time we chatted, a big thing you mentioned was, you know, avoid getting stuck in one shoe and really working on a variety of different pairs. So I think that's a big kind of takeaway here is to just get comfortable with multiple pairs instead of kind of staying in one. And it's kind of the same, like, kind of analogy with your fitness is don't just, you know, bodybuilder, don't just strength trainer, don't just do cardio, but it's, you know, get some proficiency and everything to build that functionality. Yeah. Um, and that's what we actually are supposed to transition through shoes um, to just for the longevity of also the shoe lasting longer for you and the cushioning to, to bounce back. But as well as, yeah, if you change a little bit of the, you don't want to go too drastic, but if you do have a couple of millimeters difference, you're going to be working those muscles, training them in a different way so that they are conditioned when you do have to go into say like a, like a lower profile shoe to race or, or whatever, when it comes race day, you're not going to hurt yourself. So, so what are some of the things you do to, you know, actually stay fit while you're taking care of your clients? Cause I know a lot of times, like, like when I find, like when I was spending my whole day in the gym training clients, I found it hard to focus on me. So what are some things you do for that, that work-life balance and prioritizing your health and fitness? Yeah. So I think it's just now been a, um, automatic. I mean, I like to do my runs before work so that it's done. And I like at least my easy runs and, and workouts. Um, now sometimes with, now that that's, that the groups are gone and when it, when it is scheduled with the group, you kind of, you know, you have to go do that. So it's going to get done. I think the biggest thing about taking care of myself, especially when running a practice was learning, okay, you need to eat, you need to hydrate, you need to take care of yourself that way because, I, I couldn't realize how much stress would happen from just like, you know, you're working hard and you don't eat all of a sudden you like my body just pumps cortisol. Like I just get stressed when I don't. So that was a big thing because that impacts your sleep that impacts everything in your overall well being. So for sure you want to take care of yourself first. And I've just um, tried to make it a habit now to just like slow things down, take things a little bit more laid back. And that's kind of helped with seeing less patients now at this time, because you need more time. But yeah, just making sure you're eating right, hydrating right. And I like to just get stuff done in the morning before and I'm like, it's done and I get to carry on with the day. Yeah, how about you, Justin? How do you find that balance? 
it's balance. It's more like a lifestyle when I see fitness itself. It's not just something that I do for the moment, such as in the gym or when I run. And then after that, I can just, you know, continue with my life and then <laughs> has nothing to do with fitness. But it's like a lifestyle for me. So what, what I mean is that, like Laura said, right, diet is really important. I see that that's key. And also sleep schedule and everything, resting your body, uh, giving it the rest it needs. A lot of people neglect that, right? They just want to go and train and train and train. I was there one, you know, back in time I was there, right? I really, I was really eager to train. I was like, I feel okay. It's a little sore, but you know, I can, I can power through it. But sometimes you just have to listen to your body. Sometimes when you push your bodies too hard, it gives you signals to, Hey, you know what? Before, before we get injured, you know, uh, you know, ease it back a little bit, rest it up so I can actually do better the, uh, another time. And actually, that's, that's how my mentality has changed about getting a more balanced uh, lifestyle as, you know, doing what David has said, a mixture of stuff instead of just, you know, doing the same exercises, but also working on stability, working on uh, mobility as well. Um, also running a little more, doing uh, cardio, switching things around, give it, give it a little, you know, twist to your routine always helps your body to, you know, adapt to new uh uh, situations and challenges in life as well so i see you know just keep exploring keep exploring with uh, your uh, lifestyle as well with the fitness it goes hand in hand yeah absolutely and one thing i really liked about laura's page is she talks a lot about well advocates a lot about single leg strengthening and balance work and coordination because i feel like that's something we we don't really look at as well as like our balance and the, and the single leg stability i found at least for me like working single leg stuff and unilateral stuff is really helpful with me, like staying healthier long-term, be able to work out with less, like, like less aches and pains. Yeah, I know. It's great. And I actually just bought a, a boss ball. So I'm pretty excited to the like half dome to do um, more dynamic arch doming and single legged exercises on it. So I'm looking forward to getting that. And uh, yeah, it's huge all the way up through life from, from young to anyone can benefit from that. Um, our elderly population, it's one of the things diabetics, um, they are trip and fall. So proprioception and balance training and, and strengthening those stabilizers is huge. So where do you see things going, you know, in the next, you know, because there's always trends in the, in the fitness and health industry. Like, where do you see things going in terms of footwear, say for the gym, for example, everyday life, and in terms of, you know, just general, like the direction of foot rehab? Um, so right now, I, I still feel like these trends of, to be honest, with well, with just respect to runners, I know we'll talk about them. They like whatever's fast. So they'll, they're going to go with whatever's setting the records because that's what they want to do is run fast. As for across the board, I don't, I feel like I, what's been pretty consistent in, uh, and you guys can speak more to that on, on, and working out, but I feel like things that aren't too, I, I think the middle way is the best way, but it's hard to say if trends are going to, go that direction or not um but uh i think too much too crazy too high foam isn't isn't great you're like your your foot's unstable and you can twist your ankle and those kind of things so hopefully it goes a little bit more middle ground yeah i remember yeah, yeah i remember sorry yeah i remember I remember when Justin was just starting at the, the podiatry school and I had like the worst shin splints ever. And he was always making fun of my footwear. He's like, oh, you got like Tibet pain again. And it was like for a year. And I was just like, it wasn't until like I switched my footwear that I was like, okay, wow. Like I don't feel my shin contract hard every time I step. So it's, it's interesting how you can actually use this as an opportunity to learn about your body. 
yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. And there's, uh, there's great, there, there are great shoes that can make a world of a difference with people who are flat footed and prone. So there's always going to be that need there to help people with their, with their foot pain. And it just depends on the type of foams are always changing now too. So it has to be comfortable as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So talking more about the gym side of things, uh, you know, a lot of people wonder like, oh, should I get like, you know, squash shoes? Should I just go in with running shoes and different, but again, like with different running shoes, there's different, you know, style, the different heights. And for, especially for, with my experience with, especially uh, squatting where you, you put a lot of weight onto your foot and stability is really key in that. Cause you can literally uh, twist your ankle really easily. If people who squat probably knows what I'm saying. If you have a really high profile soft foam that is wobbly and it doesn't have a last that is, I would say a straight last or more, uh, what I mean is more straight instead of curving in like a, uh, you will see like a C curve banana shape that those kind of shoes have more contact with the ground. And you know, uh, when you squat, you want more contact with the ground to stabilize yourself, right? You don't want to be high off the ground. That's the first because that can lead to more less surface area for your foot to uh you know grab onto but when your foot flattens out with the weight it can still support that foot and that's really key to preventing injury as well sometimes having that uh wrong foot where uh you say oh yeah this day i'm trying to do my you know one rep max trying out my maximum effort on that you know high stacked foam that is really comfortable for you to you know just relax at home or you know to just walk around the city and you realize hey you know i'm not gonna just do it in this footwear as well and that's why people sometimes don't change their shoe wears when they do some other activities can lead to injuries as well. Like me playing basketball and uh, boots and running shoes. And I had, I had the worst ankle sprain from that. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's actually, it's actually interesting how we can use that information. I like that. Hey, thanks for sharing that, Justin. It's feeling tired and you're feeling tired and you're pushing and you're pushing and you're kind of pushing that zone. You may get hurt. And when I went to a conference um, at, and listened to a tendon expert, she said that that's usually a sign that you're going to get hurt is if you're just feeling all of a sudden so tired and you're like working harder than usual to get the same results in a workout that uh, it's time to take a rest. So don't overdo it. Don't overtrain um, and take care of yourself. So that's getting adequate sleep and, and rest because that's needed for, for advancing in any type of fitness routine you do. The other take home is wear footwear that's appropriate for you and that you're comfortable in and it's something that's hurting you. It's time to maybe get someone to look at it um, and because it does have an impact on what you're running in. So make sure you're in the proper uh, footwear for what you do and for your foot type um, and uh, your mechanics as well. Um, so, uh, and then the other take home is just injury prevention. So try to incorporate some um, activation before you do an exercise, which helps you stretching after, um, working on foam rolling after a hard workout, like recovering properly, uh, it goes a long way. Yeah, it's true. And I find like, at least for me, like when I first started working out, like when I was getting my strongest, like strongest in the gym, when I was running my fastest, it's like you hit, it's like I hit a wall. Like I got like tendonitis in my knee like and then i got like an impinge in my shoulder i'm like what the heck like i just won a powerlifting competition and now I, i'm injured it was it was like wow what's going on yeah you can't always be up 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 you gotta sometimes come down and have like a, a recovery time to in order to get to that next level and and your body will appreciate it for sure if you just 
give it the rest it needs because it, it usually it happens to me too it happened to me before when I was just pushing pushing and I was feeling tired and then boom something like that happens and uh no one wants that it, it's not fun being hurt and out of the game so that's our whole point is to keep keep us going are there any like significant moments you had working with any pro athletes say where you dabbled into a little bit of like it's like some rehab stuff where they're like they weren't confident in performing the hardest or you just had like a like a big success story um yeah i feel like when i was working with a an athlete who was struggling with some achilles tendon problems and they were very ballistic they you know they tried a couple of things and and really you know, at first I wasn't sure what this athlete would think about an insole. Um, but through personal experience, I knew that having a lift back there, especially in a track spike, there's no support. Um, but they, they responded quite well to a lift. So I kept them training so that that was the biggest thing is like a lift made a huge of a difference so they could continue to train and, and, and got back in the game. And then, so that helped quite a bit. So that was pretty cool to be part of, um, their experience. Um, yeah, so it's quite rewarding that way, just sharing my passion because I know what it's like. And I'm like, oh, it sucks to be injured and not be able to run. So that's a, that's a, that's what's rewarding about it. So on your journey to becoming like a foot doctor, like who are some of your, your greatest inspirations? Was there anyone who helped you along there, like on your journey or inspired you to first get started in your health and fitness? Yeah, Um People who I looked up to, well, the first reason why I got into this field was my mom, when I was younger, had like this excruciating plantar fasciitis that she was dealing with for years. And um, I knew what that was like. And so looking at her x-ray when they saw this spur, I was so fast. And it's like, whoa, that little pointy thing is in the heel. So that she was kind of the one who um, got my interest into this health, uh, into the foot specific field. Um, but other people I've looked up to, I've worked with some physios that are awesome. So my physio worked on, uh, he's the Olympic physio for, um, for Team Canada at Rio. And he was just very fascinating in, in his his whole approach. And I was just like, wow, I want to be as thorough as you, but when it comes to the foot medicine. So I love to do now like a whole physical assessment. Let's go through all the, the MSK assessment and make sure we get to the root of the issue. Because that's, that's what we're trying to do is fix what is exactly going on here. And um, so there's been a couple of pretty cool people um, who've done a lot with the sports medicine. And then like even my sport med doctor, she's awesome. When I had my concussion, I've had an awesome time dealing with a, um, a Cairo who is so good at what he does and they work, I'm pretty sure they work with pro athletes and, and how they could just, cause it, it was so fascinating. Like me having a concussion and going through what I went through um, and seeing how you can help in that process, they were pretty inspiring as well. So there's always something to learn from other practitioners as well. Yeah, it's always great. Um, thanks for sharing that. It's pretty interesting that you've been able to come back from all of that, especially all the injuries you talked about at the beginning as well. I have a question from both of you just to kind of finish off. Like I know for me, growing up, I was you know playing a lot of but frisbee and I was getting a lot of shin splints and I was naturally a pronator. And then I went to a physio and we actually corrected my pattern to the point where you know i don't i'm like I'm, i don't pronate naturally like do you guys feel it's it's possible to to correct these issues or is it more just like this is the best approach to go footwear wise and just try to find what works for you yeah it's a great question um i i think it's best to to definitely strengthen and, and some people 
that would be great. I, I haven't had an experience where someone can totally change their foot type completely. I mean, how it functions dynamically, yes, you could probably get more control, but um, some people will just need a little bit of extra support um, across the board, even if they do strength training. So my best, my best philosophy is, is just cover both things, wear something adequate and that works for you and also keep up with the strength training because um, that's really important. For my two cents, uh, same thing, right? Uh, you know, going about this uh, issue with the rehab and uh, there's not just one way of fixing everything, right? Not just all, sometimes I just fix my shoes and then all the pain is gone or just, oh, if I exercise a certain muscle group, then I think I will be fine with the shin splint. But uh, sometimes it all works together. And for different people with, uh, sometimes you must see similar foot type, right? But how a function can different, the structures and the function can slightly different and that can affect a lot of things, especially, uh, with the, you know, we believe in both the bottom up and also the top down effect, your other parts of the body also affect how you function as well at the foot, right? Some people are more, you know, even uh, talking about variation in their body type, you know, uh, that can plays a role on how uh, uh, some pain can originate from in the foot. And it's not always just, oh yeah, fixing the footwear and then, oh, I'll help, or always just, you know, strengthening will help. But together, everything works together and to help that issue and that holistic approach sometimes is the best approach to just, um, you know, help the situation there. Awesome, guys. It was great having you both on this episode today of the Deskbound Therapy Podcast. Thanks for coming on, Laura and Justin. Let the listeners know where they can connect with you, Laura. Check out your stuff. Maybe come to your clinic once things open up. Yeah, so um, you can follow me on Instagram. My name is Laura Desjardins. Uh, so I have a lot of cool videos and uh, talks on my page. And you can also find me at podiatryonyoungatking.com. And so my clinic is at Young and King, downtown Toronto. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. We'll definitely have to have you both back for season two. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad I could join. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Deskbound Therapy Podcast. Take a second, leave me a five-star comment and a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to know your thoughts about the show, what you like best, and who you'd like me to have on. 